Welcome back to Message in a Bottle. This is Jeff, and in the studio with me today is Steve. Hi, Jeff. Hello. And David's hey. back from vacation. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, traditionally, I would like provide David and Steve with the revelation, and they would process through it and pray through it. But today, I'm going to go very retro. I'm going to go back to 2003, nearly 20 years ago. I'm going to read you a couple of prophecies that my wife and I received what almost 20 years ago, because I think that there's, there's something to this, and I want to share it with you guys. So here goes the first one. This one came to us on November 9th, 2003. What I've seen was a crazy, unusual love that most humans do not have. There's a love in y'all that is, is, I call, it's a crazy love. Are you listening to me? Sometimes we sing song called Crazy Praise, and I just want my people to come out and get real crazy in praise and worship, sort of like when the dancers were dancing here this morning. That was beautiful. Hallelujah. We get crazy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we just jump all over and we dance before the Lord. I mean, we get crazy. Well, there's a crazy type of love that is flowing from the throne of God on you and Liz. And y'all are just, you just love everybody. Y'all don't care. You just said we made up our heart and our mind that we're going to love everybody. And God has said that because you have made up your heart and mind to love, God said, I have put this day, this day, the spirit of my evangelism on you. Can I tell you something? I see the spirit of evangelism all over you. And I can tell you something. It's not just a city thing. It's a world thing. Are you listening to me? This is a world thing. The call of God on your lives is so strong, God said, I want you to work out of here confident in your heart today. Father God said, you don't have to worry about asking me, am I pleasing to you? God said, you are pleasing to me. I will do it, saith the God, and I will do it, and I will train thee, and I will send thee, and I will nurture thee. I can say something. Can I say something? I see nations coming into the hand, into the presence of the Lord because of the work you're doing. I even see you all in the end times. Don't even question whether or not you're saved. You're saved because I see you walking in the crystal streets of the city. I know you're, I know what you're doing up there. I can show you what you're doing. God told me to show you your future. You're looking around to see how many of them got in, hallelujah, that you witnessed to. God said, all, all. If you just open your mouth, all will get saved. All will get saved. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, Father. Right now, God, I thank you for the winds of your anointing and your Holy Spirit that is moving on this couple. Now, God, whom you've called, you have chosen. Whom you've chosen, you've justified. Now, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, 
and I in the Father and the Lord are one. And God said that in the mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. I call this thing established this day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So since Jeff sprung this on us, I was just taking some notes as you were reading the Revelation. And uh, I like listening to the Holy Spirit, and he brings up to my remembrance things of Scripture— moves of God that are in Scripture that would line up to a prophetic word or a revelatory word. So you, you first kicked off with crazy love. I like crazy praise, the Lord says, in, in this. And uh, the, the phrase, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, came up in me that I first began to, to, to hear. And uh, the flailing around and the movements that are called spontaneous and crazy, no form, um, reminds me of the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. What, these men are not drunk, as you suppose. So they're yeah. flailing around. They're doing something that doesn't look sober. It looks crazy. It looks out of the norm. All right. And so uh, this came up. And, and then you kept, uh, the revelation kept going, love. And then I said, this is a love that's for, that God's birthing in you because you said you're going to love everybody. This is a form of unconditional love. Mm. You know, God's the only one that can do unconditional in every situation. But for this to be birthed in you is a, is a spiritual birthing of being unconditional. I'm going to love everybody. So God is like, drop that into your spirit. And that's why I say it's a form of unconditional love, because this is only an aspect that you can understand in your own life how to walk out, but you're intentionally walking this out. And I believe that you could confirm that on the day that it was spoken, that you and Liz had made that determination back in 2003, that we're going to love everybody. We're, we're going to take the steps to love everybody. Scripture says to be at peace with, with everybody up to 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 a limit, and that limit is is when, not when you're persecuted, but folks are killing you. Um, you know, you can't live peacefully with you know terrorists and murderers. Uh, but the Lord calls us to have unconditional peace with everyone, if possible. So, um, the spirit of evangelism. Um, I can say now I haven't. I've only known you for the last 11 years. I was trying to calculate how long I've known you. I, I, I wasn't around you in 2003. Yeah, I, that's what I, I remember first meeting you coming over to a church, and you and the Pettits were doing a prophetic mentoring class. Oh, that's right. And your foot was in a cast or something like that. I think that was one of my first meetings of you. So that's been quite a while ago. That's like yeah. 2012 or 2013. Um, right around that time frame. So these were the notes that I picked up when you were reading that the first revelation. So this is this is a very personal prophecy, right? This isn't a corporate prophecy. This is a personal prophecy that was directed towards my wife and I. Normally, we don't share those on this. Right, podcast, right? right. We, we usually kind of are more focused on corporate. But I kind of felt like it's important for people. I know it's been important for for my wife and I in the season that we're currently in 
to be able to go back and remember, to go back and listen to, to go back and reread those things that God has spoken to us. Um, so number one, I kind of want to encourage anybody who's listening that if you've received prophecy, a personal prophecy from the Lord, there's some responsibilities that come along with that. And, and that is to, number one, remember it, right? Go back to it. If it was judged to be of the Lord, um, I kind of started this off saying, yeah, this is God speaking to us. It doesn't matter who the prophet was, right. because this had been previously judged 20 years ago. Right. Right. So it's the voice of God that we're hearing. And if the voice of, of the Almighty is speaking to you about your, your situations, your, your, your purpose, your destiny, that, I mean, God's wisdom is manifold. It's, it's never just for the current, right? Once he speaks a word out, it continues. It doesn't stop. It's kind of like the universe. It just keeps expanding. Right. So for me, it was really good to go back and reread these mm-hmm. and remember them and kind of refocus on them and say, all right, this was the word of the Lord almost 20 years ago. How is that? How is that now? Because it's just going to keep expanding. It's not going to shrink, right? It's going to continue. Um and God doesn't lie. It's not in his character to be a liar. So if this is what he said, it's still very relevant. It brought a lot of encouragement to you to reread it, right? Well, I'll tell you what, it brought immediate repentance. Because to be honest, there was things that we had completely missed. I mean, we didn't recognize. Back 20 years ago, I mean... That I read to you kind of the first prophecies we had ever received. I mean, I wouldn't, back then, I, I wouldn't have known what to do even. That wasn't, that, that teaching, that training, that learning, that knowledge, that understanding wasn't even available to us yet. So we kind of received these and said, oh, okay, wow, cool. But you didn't know what to do with it. Exactly. Um. But isn't it, isn't it amazing it, that God announces what he's going to do with you, but then he has to mature you to yep. walk in the fullness of the calling, yep. a spirit of evangelism, 20 a, years freedom, ago we ready. a freedom to evangelize, a freedom to flow with the Spirit, and, and people want to know more about God, and then you get mm-hmm. to share the gospel, and, and then they believe Mm-hmm. But the power in the spirit of evangelism is people are drawn to you. You're not going to them. See, this is what, this is what the first prophesier was really pulling out. Mm. But God had to put that intention of unconditional love in you. He had to mature that. You had to probably go through a lot of trials and love a, a few hard people to love to realize, am I devoted to this? So, Part of your repentance is it should have... I got to stop it, you. I got to interrupt you because that's so fascinating. You just said that. That's so true. That is so true. Over the last almost 20 years, there has been irregular people that we needed to love and irregular situations that we needed to love through. That's so true. <laughs> it, it took Moses 40 years before he could be a leader. 
But God told him he was going to be a leader. Mm. Or maybe it's 20. I'm, you know, getting older. Numbers start getting no, it's, gray. It's 40. But, it's but the 40. beautiful part about this is God's been maturing you all along. And you said God's not going to forget his prophetic word. God's not going to forget the word that he's devoted to you. But God's responsible to bring this to pass. You're not. A spirit of evangelism, the Holy Spirit's driving that evangelism. Yes. And you learning to be led by the Holy Spirit takes time. It's not one of these things you learn overnight. Yes. And then you had to discover um, spiritual gifts. You had to come into not just knowing what a spiritual gift is. You have to mature into flowing in a spiritual gift. And I can say from my life, it's more trial by error and learning how to make corrections after I've stuck my foot in my mouth or flowed in the Holy Spirit and didn't understand. And then I go back to the scriptures to figure out what's there. Mm. So I can see why this has taken 20 years easily. One of the things I think that that's key too is a lot of times people will get a word like this and immediately they think I need to go out and just start doing this. And in their immaturity, they go out and do it. They get hurt. They get discouraged, disheartened, and they think that wasn't God. Right. And instead of giving it time, giving God time. And so when you think about, especially with this particular word, you think about evangelism is it's it's one of the fivefold ministries yes we're all called to certain amounts of evangelism yes everybody is that's a believer but there are certain people who are called into that fivefold ministry of evangelism and uh, it's a gift that god you know he says he gave gifts to men and this is what they were and women Liz. um and so he he's you know, he's releasing that. At the same time, um, just like Steve said, there is this element that you go through. And one of the things I've watched and seen over the years with you two is, is your hunger to, to learn. I mean, you didn't go out immediately and start being evangelists. You, but, but certain situations would come up where you were, involved in that whether it was family or it was neighbors or or whatever it may be and you wanted to learn healing and deliverance and all those kinds of things the prophetic all of those kinds of things you know just and you you were teachable mm -hmm. in that process yep. and even with all of that even walking in the way you guys have walked it still takes isn't it amazing how god works with that such a long time and I, I think in in this particular case he does that because um he wants it to be really powerful and i think where some people mess up is they jump into it too quickly and it loses that amazing power that it could really be mm. where you'd see multitudes of yep. people yep. you know see lots of dry bones and stuff come in with life and and uh, as opposed to trickle stuff but yet he brings all that all as you walk he brings all of that along to just begin to get you begin to get a feel for it and you begin to listen to him mm -hmm. you know i do what i see the father doing well i think that 
You know, Jesus learned obedience in the things that he suffered. Why wouldn't have he learned the Father's voice in what he did as he went along, you know? And I think that's it, learning the, the shepherd's voice and different scenarios. Yeah, making mistakes, of course. Yep. Yep. We have to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you'd have taken this and you went doing, and I agree with David, you'd have burned out because you would have just focused on the relationship of doing for the Lord versus what God has had to do was nurture both of you in the relationship of love. Mm -hmm. How do you love people unconditionally? How do you, in these hard cases, love these folks? And you've learned along the way that just sharing words of the gospel don't reach everybody. You have to share love. People respond to the love, yep. and then they believe. They see that love, they feel that love, they perceive that love, and then they believe you. They can trust in what you believe, and then they begin to believe in the God mm-hmm. of love that you serve. So this spirit of evangelism, yes, people are drawn to you in this. You both are full of hope. You have cheer in your life. You're op- you're two open people. Well, hold on. I, I want to touch on a couple of things, if you don't mind. Sure. So for Jeff, what stood out from that very first prophetic word, I remember back in 2003, I was, I was unemployed for um, a considerable amount of time. One of the things, here's another revelation for you all to judge, although. It's already I'm, been judged. I'm positive it was God. So we were living abroad in Europe at the time, and I've shared some stories about my grandfather, right? We had come back to the States to visit my grandfather, who I think we actually even did an episode on how shiny he was, right? A few back. But during that same trip back, it was Easter time. Um, and I want to say that it might have been Easter 2002, so what, 19 years ago. Um, our parents, my parents had, had invited us to their church, um, for Easter and we had gone and everybody was all in their Easter best and people wore Easter bonnets back in that time and everybody was all fancy and... Liz and I were sitting in the church. At the time, for for my wife and I, I, I wouldn't have said that we were God-following people. Yes, we believed. I don't think we were anywhere near following God. And living in Europe, I mean, church wasn't necessarily an available option for us. So I know that it was very important to my mom and dad, so we went and I, we, we went to church with them. So Liz and I are sitting there in church, and I will share with you what happened for me. Um, literally, as soon as their pastor stood up and started to preach, everything in the room froze. It was like time had stopped, and I was still moving, and I thought to myself, what in the world is taking place here? 
and I turned, and I, I was looking around. Everyone was frozen. Then, well, I didn't see it. From the pulpit, I heard these words, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, why are you running from me? And I thought to myself, what is taking place right now? What did I just hear? And then everything went back into motion. And the sermon kept going, and I was, I was thinking to myself, did that just, was that real? Did that just happen? Mm. What was that? Um, later on, we visited my grandfather. We went back over to Europe, right? And we were, it was some days later, I, maybe a week or two weeks later, um, I had come home from work. I had, Liz and I were eating supper together um, out on our balcony. And um, so we were sitting there talking, and Liz looked at me and said, you know, I've been meaning to ask you this question. She's like, when we visited your parents' church, did anything odd happen to you? And and I just kind of, I must have turned pale because I'm like thinking to myself, <laughs> How do I describe the fact that time froze? And I was like, anyways, the long story short, the exact same thing happened for my wife. The only difference was Elizabeth Elizabeth instead of Jeffrey Jeffrey. Mm -hmm. Um, To be honest with you, those words have been rather haunting. And I say that not necessarily in a negative way, but... They've really caused the two of us to to pause and take notice and and consider, are we running? Why do we keep running? I didn't even know I was running at that point. And I I still question today, am I running? Um, so I share that with you to the fact that I go back to this time in 2003 when we received our first quote-unquote prophecy from man or, or a human. Through a man. Yeah. Um, and what jumped out at me at that time was, should I be like going to seminary, right? Should I be being trained up? And what jumped to me was when he said, God said you are pleasing to me. And I will do it, saith God. I will do it, and I will train thee, and I will send thee, and I will nurture thee. That really spoke to me. That kind of answered the question for me at the time. I'll be honest with you. All the rest of it, I, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't front and center for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah, I heard it, and yeah, I kind of remembered it, but. What I was focused at that time was, do I need to go to seminary? And the answer was no. Right? Pretty clearly, I will train thee, I will send thee, I will nurture thee. So I'm like, okay. So since that date, I haven't been pursuing uh, Masters in Divinity for this very reason that God said he's, gonna, he's got that. Correct. Um, what's also interesting to me, and I kind of am... I'm speaking from my wife. Um, at that point, my wife was literally praying the salvation prayer 
a couple of times, maybe three, four times a day mm-hmm. because she was worried that she didn't do it right. <laughs> um, and we kind of laugh about it now, but she was very sincere in it. That was very, that was something that she was like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to miss it. And she, if she were here right now, she'd say, I, I didn't want to miss the boat. Right. Quote unquote, I don't want to miss the boat. Um, and what jumped out at her is when he said, um, I see you in the end of times. Don't even question or not if you're saved. You're saved because I see you walking the crystal streets of the city of God. So that was what stuck out to her. Um, but recently we've been kind of provoked and, right, we, we feel like we need to go back and start re-listening to all the words that we received, not just the first couple, but all of them. Right, because of that. The the thing is, um, I want to stop here because this is a very strong, teachable moment. If you don't journal your prophecies or you don't get them recorded, there's an inability to go back and remember. So there, right here, I want to put a powerful word in. You need to get jot them down. And Jeff already shared uh, the first part of this prophetic word that stuck out at him uh, back in 2003, from occurrences in 2002. But over time, God helps you see or reveals to you more and more of the prophetic word that new things from those same words that were spoken 20 years ago, now the revelatory can shine a light on a different direction because you now have the confidence that you're saved, all right? Mm -hmm. You have the confidence that you're not running from God anymore. Uh, and so the prophet, the prophetic can shine a different light. This works the same way with you can read scriptures a hundred times and you see what you've underlined in the Bible, but then the Holy Spirit reveals something that you've never underlined in reading those scriptures that he brings that revelation. Mm-hmm. We raised in the Greek society, we think it's our responsibility to go find those words, raise up those words, mature in those words. But God has told you all along, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to nurture you so that you could calm down, relax, and begin to realize it's that leading of the Holy Spirit's revelation through prophecy, through miracles, through healings, that you've got to grow in this experience. Mm -hmm. So God did keep you hungry, but the scriptures you got to follow through on the scripture. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We don't focus on being hungry. We focus on being filled. When I go to eat food, I don't focus on being hungry. I focus on being filled. Mm. And God has been doing that with you and Liz, filling those hungers. You get hungry again in the natural, and so you need to be filled again. But our focus in the natural is not to be hungry and thirsty. Our focus is to be filled. And God has, over the years, and I've witnessed this, I can testify to this, I've watched God fill you and Liz, and then fill you again, Mm. and then fill you again, and opening new windows, doors, and dimensions on love and how to flow in that love. I like the Revelation 22 reference to the crystal streets. You know, I know we haven't covered all of it, but 
I think we covered the ideas here that at least that I kind of wanted to get across. So, and the idea is if you've received a, a prophecy, it's important to get it judged. But once it's judged of the Lord, it's important to come into agreement with it. It's important to be prayerful with it. It's important to um, not run off ahead of it, right? But be in the Lord with it. And then it's even important to go back and remember it and to bring it back forth and speak it back aloud. I kind of want to bless the listeners at this point, if that's all right with the both of you. Sure. So, Spirit of the Living God, thank you for revealing truth, for revealing Jesus to us. Thank you for revealing your plans and your purposes for us. Thank you for being the revelator. I pray that that each and every person that's listening to this particular episode, I pray that that your revelation is increased. I pray that you go back and and are able and capable to review what revelation you've received and that that it's expanded that that your your understanding of it has become manifold. I pray for wisdom. I pray for what God has spoken to come into fruition. And most importantly, I bless you in the name of Jesus with truth, with life, with the way to the Father, that what has been spoken of you would come to pass in Jesus' name.